This time on TNT. I don't want to give it away, but the Taggarts found something that rhymes with mouse. We play the, oh my god, I thought I hung up game. Plus, why have I been zooming schoolsin? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Anyway, uh, good chatting, Trevor. Yeah. Hey, all right, we'll talk to uh, you. Uh, we'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll uh, well, I'll call you back. I'll text you tonight, maybe, and then yeah. we'll figure it out soon. Yeah. Okay, man. Sounds right. good. Bye okay. Now. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that text. <laughs> Remind me to forget my phone. Hey. Hey. Hmm. I'm still here. Trevor. What? What the heck, man? Oh, I was just talking to um, I was talking to Kathleen about uh, so, something that happened earlier. Yeah, what? Whatever, man. Oh, you click. You still the <laughs> the fake hang up. <laughs> the, oh my god, I forgot to hang there up. There are some terrible ones. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, you're at one. You okay, I'll do wrap film. it up with okay. me. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. So, uh, yeah. thanks. Th- thanks for going over that, and we'll uh, catch up next week or something. Yeah, no problem. Or, or maybe even like tomorrow morning. I have I have a window. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip you over my calendar. You it, know what? It has Hold some on. availability. You just pick pick a time that works. Okay, that's probably oh, the easiest okay. thing to do. And I'll pick your brain. All right. Okay. Okay, bud. All right. Yep. Okay. okay. Bye now. Bye. Bye now. Bye now. Jesus Christ! This fucking guy. Hello. Oh, oh my God! I thought I which, hung up. Which guy? Click, click. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, you actually, you actually well, bailed so to sh- try to stick around to fix it. No, I know that works. No, I was so shocked that time. Yeah, I was like, was just cold, like caught with your hands, you like pants off. Wow. I'd rather. De- like hang up and then deal with the other side of it in a couple days. Wow! And then just dodge your calls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We just did two different ways. Okay, let's I mean, do a third <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, two ready? Completely different scenario. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Okay, Darcy. Um, appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, I, it hasn't been uh, great, let's be honest, but I, I look forward to, like, a better working relationship uh, moving forward. I understand. That's yeah. that's true. It's all we can do, the, right? Okay. It's just kind of shine a light on it and uh, each kind of take responsibility for our part in it, and then, uh, you know, we'll soldier through it. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. All right. Okay. You know, a hard conversation is, uh, is better than no conversation. So, yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. Okay, man. Okay, man. Okay, thank- bye. Hey, bye. hey, seriously, thank you. No problem. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay. What a gearbox. Like, did you what? even hear what he? What? Gearbox. Darcy. Yeah. I got you, man. I was doing the fake, like, oh, did hey. you know that I hung up thing? Hey, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. You know what? Fuck you. Click. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All the goodwill that they sort of like figured out together, undone in one sentence. And as if you would be like teasing someone that you had that kind of tension with. 
<laughs> it's when it all comes right back and it's like, you know what? <laughs> You're full of shit anyway. There have been some excellent gaffes. And I know early on we talked about it. Uh, one was... Um, uh, there was a, a friend of mine worked in book publishing and there was a very complicated author that they called Cuckoo. Yeah. And Cuckoo was like asking for a certain type of car to pick her up at this event and had to be back at a certain time and being very difficult. And this person hit reply but thought she hit forward and wrote back, what is Cuckoo on about this time? Imagine getting that email. <laughs> No, and there's a whole change of your exchange. Like, first of all, they call me cuckoo. Second of all, this time suggests that this is a pattern with you and it's a running joke with everybody. <laughs> Woof. My dad was famous for that. Like, hanging up the phone wrong and always saying something because he hated talking to people. <laughs> so even us sometimes. Like, I remember he, like, one time... He, he got mad at everybody and, uh, like, called to the point of calling us and apologizing. It's like, sorry for being so angry and yelling at you guys the other day. But, like, at the end of that, ah, fucking bullshit. Yeah, fucking and making me do this to my mom after and you're like, the call. Dad, I'm still here? <laughs> yeah. No, we just would hang up going, like, yeah. That's dad. <laughs> you can hear him tell, I told you I don't want to do this shit. <laughs> to my mom. <laughs> Ronnie, coming out hot. Yeah. It's not like not knowing how to hang up the phone. I think I told you. backwards. <laughs> did I tell you my best, worst one? Um, with my manager at the time in Los Angeles. Oh, the email. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a classic. That's really bad. Have I told that's that on like the pod? I think you have, but it's probably worth the refresher. Well, um, so I was living in California, and CBC was uh, toying with the idea of doing a remake of, um, uh, what's it called, the headline game show? Not the headline uh, game yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had journalists, and it was from the 50s, and uh, they had oh. people ripped from the headlines. Like, and. Uh, Front page challenge. Front, pa front page challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't see the person behind you. The journalists asked them questions. They had to answer. That was, isn't that where Knowlton Nash started? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was yeah. legendary, like Betty Kennedy. Yeah. All these, like, veterans, uh, Canadian journalist types. Um, and totally. What, and what then, like, the always, like, some, some brain. Pierre Burton was on there. Pierre like, Burton. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, there's always some brainiac coming in there. So the idea is there's a host and there are um, there's a panel of Marshall, journalists. Marshall, Marshall McLuhan masks. Uh, Alan Fotheringham from McLean's Magazine. We're going way back now, but uh, so there's a panel Everybody, of journalists. <laughs> every man had sideburns. Yes, like those big ones. And like they, the Mark Masters has now. Does he? Why? Yeah, he's got some chops going now. I don't know, but it's good. Wow. Why? He's a good strange chops. bird, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know, man. I guess. He's all right. He's a he's strange just bird. Road. You kind of have to be a strange bird to be a journalist that just travels all the time. I guess so, it's but it's like life. 
Tom Gazzola and Frankie, like those those guys with the Oilers, they're not strange birds. They're normal guys and a good hang. No, but are they? They're not on the plane all Kyle. the time, like going town to town, eating Subway every day. <laughs> so that's a, a very specific know. category. Like road do- like road dogs yeah. are a different type of bird. I mean, like people that are just pounding the pavement all the time. Well, I know you have to have a different vibes. Right. I know when you're you're in that mindset, the littlest things make a really big difference to you. Like they're they're yeah. creatures of habit for sure. For sure. So So what do you think strange about him though? Just because he eats Subway every day, that's why. Or like Are you making stuff? that up or he does? No, it's true. Like he'll be in like he was at like Roland Garros for like the the French Open, and he's like eating Subway. I remember me and Matt Cause were chirping him about it on on the radio. He really does? Because he'd check in. It's like, you're in France, and you're eating like, you know, and whatever. I don't know, McDonald's or A&W or something. I don't know if that's Oh, there. he's that guy. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, though. So, like, at least that, you know, that's a little out there. That's a little but out whatever. there. Also, remember he uh, famously upgraded and left his wife yeah. in coach next and, to Chris Cuthbert. Yeah, that's And he took rough. some heat for that, as he should have. <laughs> as he should. For a long flight, definitely. Like, bro, if if you can upgrade one person, it's your wife. Even, half an, even if it's a half an hour flight. Or say no. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so... Uh, CBC years ago was toying with the idea of doing a front page oh, yeah. challenge remake. Yeah. Um, I had a manager in Los Angeles at the time, great guy actually, and good buddy named Andrew. He was famous for saying things like "yes" is or "no" is the second best answer in Hollywood. And look, uh-huh. I'm not going to cry over milk that never spilt. You know what I mean? Like those kind of um, yeah. cliche things. So um, CBC asked if I would audition to be the host of this front page challenge remake. And they hadn't quite figured it out. There were like, there were a couple of panelists from like McLean's, Andrew Coyne, like those kind of people. And they were toying with the idea of adding a game show element. So the journalists were actually competing to win money for themselves. Like it it was just kind of murky. So they called and said, would he want to audition to be the host of this thing? And I, I said to Andrew, to be honest, I don't know. If I'm coming back to Canada, I don't know if host a front page challenge is kind of the move for me. It's pretty straight. It's kind of newsy. It's pretty serious. It's not that fun. Um, uh, unless you started chirping people, but then that wouldn't be working. Right. Show, although, yeah. So his thing was, and it's good advice generally, unless you have a moral opposition to what's being asked of you, you might as well read. Because you never know, maybe the producer will be working on another show that you really would like to do, or maybe someone there would be like, you know, we should do this other type of show with Jonathan, because he's good, just not for this, whatever. So I kind of bought that logic, and I auditioned. And then they called back, always starting with zero equity at CBC, despite the fact that I've been there 30 years. Um, Would you uh, audition as a panelist? And I was like, man... First of all, I'm 90% sure I wouldn't want to host the show. Um, I'm just taking the path of least resistance and auditioning because it seems rude to say no. But I can tell you 100%, with 100% certainty, I don't want to be a panelist on Front Page Challenge. It's it's just not my scene. I'm not judging the gig. I, it's a great gig for somebody, just not for me. 
So I said to Andrew, I would be happy. I just have a long history with the place. I'd just rather be honest and say it's not it's not really for me rather than audition for panelists and suddenly say I got offered a gig as a panelist and then have to say, ah, to be honest, I'm not really interested. Like, let's just bail now. So I laid this out in an email and said, I'm happy to um, get in touch with them or uh, you can if you like. But I just think I'd rather just be above board from the get-go. So I hit send on the email to him and five seconds later, I get an email back from him saying, when, when, my, uh, it's a, a feline word sometimes used as slang for a woman's private parts, uh, yeah. hurts. When, when my P-U-S-S-Y hurts, I don't want to be an effing panelist. So the first reaction is... He's given you back. This is what Jonathan says. Yeah. To send, but he meant to send it to someone else. Yes. Followed seconds yeah. later by my apologies. I meant to forward that to my assistant. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is I like, to... <laughs> that That was the panic fix. Didn't make it better. But it, ra- it raises the question like, is that how you see me as someone who's, first of all, always crying? And second of all, a woman like it's so murky and confusing but mostly it's like hurtful um yeah yeah it was a pretty rough one so his so that was it right you severed ties there yeah that was it yeah well how do you go back from that you think i'm a <laughs> no, baby you think i'm a woman you think that's an insult you th- right i i was so measured and careful and cautious in my language as I yeah. always am, and get hit back with that. Um, but it, it more than any of those things, it was just dumb. And no, it's really bad. At the root of it, like, do you want someone dumb or who's prone to do dumb things like that kind of driving the bus for you? So I've been self-represented just, since and never happier. Yeah. You must have had well, some wormy but- agents over the years. Some Le Chateau shiny suit maps? For sure. Oh, yeah. No, in, in every step, there's always people that are... First and foremost, for those types of gigs, it's like the ones that are lazy that are the worst. And then the ones after that being the worst, the ones that are that think they're awesome just because, you know, they've made, you know had some success with people. Those are the second worst. So but the, the worst is, is just like... Ones that don't pick up the phone when they know that's the hard job to uh, do, just to, you know what I mean? Because that's literally all you're asking for for that person is someone to pick up the phone on the reg, and and make try and make deals. Period. Whatever it is, because you, that's what you don't do as as a as a business or a young band or anything. You know what I mean? It's 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 a it's a position that's just it's a lot of hard work in that regard a lot of grinding right so like i remember being a band and if you're ever like when there's other bands and you you just see the attention span change that you get pissed off right away and that happens you know no matter what it happens because you have an arc of success and if you're working with good people they generally start working with other good people and get a and build a, a stable of 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 acts. Oh, know? wow. So, so when you're on the way down, suddenly they're handing you off to this is Bryson. He just started on Monday, but you're in good hands. 
Yeah. Well, in some cases, I'm saying. I mean, not not if it's like someone who's loyal and it's a great relationship, but yeah, it can happen where uh, you just you can tell you've been passed off to like other people and that are working there. So like the face of of the deals has changed, and uh, that definitely can can rub you the wrong way. Yeah. You know, especially if it's not your decision to have that. You know, when you first ha- you got somewhere because this person that does socially in a certain way that is is keeps good graces and has charm and and uh, can starts a loyalty and a relationship with all these different people, and then all of a sudden it's some eighteen year old kid, <laughs> you know. So some so like people that hey the, Jeremy, uh, one of those yeah. dudes. And I'm not saying that happened, but I, the coalition, our management, did become massive from a little tiny office to a huge building. But, um, you know, that does happen. And I'm sure other, I've seen it with other acts that, like, have changed managements for that reason. They just felt like the they weren't getting the attention that they were supposed to get. And just because... Uh, you don't have as much success. You're supposed to still have that hundred percent uh, back for the band. You know, you want to, you want your your manager is supposed to be like a member of the band where they stick by you and and don't uh, fret when times are tough. And uh, that's a hard thing to do. Why did OLP have that manager? Like with you from the start, well, Eric and Rob. guys, yeah. Eric and Rob, Eric Lawrence and Rob Lanny were our managers early, and uh, yeah, they were like, they, they only had Wild Tea and the Spirit was the only other band that, when we started, and then they went on to, to Simple Plan and Finger Plan, Finger Eleven, and you know, uh, tons of big acts, USS, like lots of big Canadian bands. Did anyone and try that, to talk you guys out of that name? The, the name of our band? Yeah. Well, I mean, we tried to talk ourselves out of it once. I really? a discussion that... <clears throat> well, the first album, Naveed, was named after a friend of Rain's that what he went to school with. A guy named Naveed, who's a cool dude. Um, and uh, we liked the name of the album so much, we were like... Well, Let's change the name of the band in Naveed. So there was actually that discussion while the record was like coming out and all that stuff. Like it's all said. And Rain's like coming into the office. We want to change the name of the band. Like <laughs> right before it's coming out and all the artwork's done and shit. Just like a really bad time discussion. <laughs> we want to call the band Naveed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did Eric have to talk you guys off the ledge? He's like, are you guys fucking crazy, man? You can't do this. Like, even it's, you should have, if you want to do this, you do it a year ago, not fucking now. That means you have to start fighting with the label and just everything about it. It's just too crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, would have been a, I mean, there's a lot of moments like that where you're like, what are we asking for? This is fucking crazy. Why are we saying this? So that happens. Pretty funny, though, right? It is. It's it's inconceivable to imagine now that that was on the table. 
Yeah. But that's the thing. When you're in it, you can't always be objective about what it is and things that seem super important at the time. Well, and when you have success with instinct and you, you know, you start thinking anything's a good idea sometimes, right? Like, oh, this is what the thinking that led to this song and whatever else and people dig that so why not just fucking think that everyone's gonna be cool with this name after starting already with another name so Navid. i think it was more because our lady peace is kind of a cheesy name i think like i i never had anything in design or picking like I, when i joined the band they had decided that was the name and the demo was like of the f- first few songs was done so I didn't have any choice in the name of the band, but Rain got it from a poem by a guy named Mark Van Doren. And it was just like, you know, Our Lady Peace. It was like a kind of a Pied Piper's poem. Some cat, you know, bringing people, tastemakers or whatever. I didn't know that. So anyway. Was uh, OLP around before I Mother Earth? I Mother Earth were, were... pretty about the same time if not a little earlier because their record was out before Navid came out so a little bit before oh so was either band like guys come on well no they were a band i think that we that uh definitely was known about because they had been signed to emi and there was buzz about them in the in the industry so um i don't know maybe that had some an idea to him because i know he liked that name of their band Oh, anyway, really? I'm not sure, though. He would tell you no chance in a million years. <laughs> but I'm saying I don't know. There is a chance. Because I know that uh, Chris Ecret, the first bass player, Chris Ecret, I said Ecret, like, that's what he would get mad if someone in a paper said Ecret. That's terrible. What's Ecret? Anyway, he uh, bought base cabinets from the guy from my mother earth and i think we were making navid at the time so it's around they were around and we knew well about them wait who's he he's the original bass player chris ecrit yeah he was in the band for like a year and a bit maybe two including before that when i was there but yeah anyway uh I don't know, where were we on the, what the hell is the whole, I lost my train of thought. Well, I think we are talking about um, email gaffes and sleazy agents and uh, (laughs) agents and managers type. You you also come across the ones like Ash with Arkells and Lights, who became that person because she loves the music, she loves the scene, she's super creative, she wants to come up with huge ideas and um, yeah. has a quest for world domination. Like, they're not all wearing shiny suits from Le Chateau. For if sure. Ash is wearing a shiny suit, it's because she wants to and is rocking it. Yeah, no, the, the, and that, and I think uh, she's part of a, a newer generation of, like, without the ego that, that you see from back in the day. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's just from the full-on... 60s cutthroat like uh peter grant beating guys up with cricket bats Mm. to to like the sleazy 80s and drugs to 90s was still kind of like vibes of like uh the gravy train days but i think that the 2000s were Mm -hmm. when it was like okay that's enough is enough you have to have some kind of like decorum in the way that you act with people (laughs) 
Right. You know, but uh, yeah, there's always great managers. I think Bruce Allen is a classic manager. That uh, he's the kind of guy that you'd always want for you. I don't know if I'd be want to be on the other side of him. <laughs> so he has Brian Adams. That worked out okay. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. He's got a huge amount of uh, great Canadian artists. Oh, like he had your Jan Ardenses, didn't he? And Murray. I don't know if Jan Arden, but I know Anne Murray, Bob Rock. Uh, right, he's Mr. Guy. Of, yeah, definitely. And he's one of those, uh, Buble is Bruce Allen. Wow. And I remember when Bru- Buble was first starting, because we were working with Bob doing Gravity in 2000, Bruce Allen was like, I got this guy, he's going to be headlining in Vegas in five years. I don't even care if he sells any pop records. And he was... Kind of right in terms like he knew how talented he was. He knew he could have gone straight out, I'm just going to do Vegas. But uh, Buble had pretty higher higher aspirations and achieved that. But um, to know that you've got something and here's a path that will definitely work. And then have, you know, it's pretty awesome to to, to have someone who sees it and can make the right phone calls and do the right things to get you or exactly what he sees. And if you can make it better, great. But, you know, to have someone that calls you on the phone and says, I can make this happen. Yeah. Because you have the talent uh, is huge. And I think he did the same thing for Anne Murray, like kind of uh, reestablished her career and gave her, you know, the, uh, the, the backing and, and strength that she needed. But he's a great, a great, uh, also a great person. Who is the network uh, records guy? Pierre. Uh, yeah, Pierre, and he managed a fifty, like a piece of OLP for a moment. Oh, did he during a record? Yeah. Also, your Sarah McLaughlin's is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not, and you, you, I can't remember his name right now, but yeah, uh, he's another one of those kind of like visionary styles but yeah. i don't know what didn't he get into like clothing or something like i don't that? know yoga some kind of yoga thing he went nygaard yeah well no no not yeah, not the full nygaard <laughs> i heard he's um working as an adult entertainer in newark who pierre i think that's what became of him yeah hey taggart you yeah. found a house Way to bury the lead. Yeah. Let's start. We should have started oh, yeah. there. Tell the people. I finally found a house after nine this tries. This is how we do it. <laughs> this is when we move it. <laughs> no, man. I'm, I'm super stoked. Uh, it, it, it was one of those things. We, and, you know, Lisa found this place. And I kept telling her, stop looking at higher than what we're looking at. But that turned out to be the move. Like looking at a place that was like, you know, a hundred grand over what we were, our ceiling was. And uh, it ended up, because uh, we, 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 it, it was based by that, what we were doing before was you find a house that you like and then you go to the holding offers bidding war with everybody else. Yeah. And by, by doing it, Lisa's way was like, going higher to a house that's more expensive but has actually gone past an offer date and it's sitting still so it's not it hasn't sold 
Oh, the staggies. So, that's the pocket, the stagnant ones. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we went in there. It had been on there for like uh, 11 days. And we walked around, and and it's a it was it was like perfect. It's got five bedrooms. So wait, eleven got, days is staggy in that market. Yeah, it's like eleven days. What's well, wrong with it? In a well, not even. It's just like you know, we could see it like it, it's immaculate from when it was built, which is probably nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety two. But it's like I'm telling you. It reminds me of my Papa Doug styles where like everything is as it was and everything like there's no grout in any showers, <laughs> like, dirt, there's no dirt or grease or not like even the old shower heads are like perfect. And right. It's immaculate. It's just a museum to a different yeah. time. And, and I was like, wow, just like tripping out because it's like 1992. It's like full on Fresh Prince vibes. It's like the the yeah. Diefenbunker. <laughs> yeah, so I uh we and it has like fruit trees in the backyard and it's got really nice front yard with with beautifully, you know, uh trimmed bushes and and hedges and stuff. So it's um we just had a vibe right away on it and made an offer and you know, beat around a little tiny bit and we're done. The next day we had, we had a deal as opposed to like fighting with 50 different people or a bunch of different offers. So, but we are both happy with, with, with the price and what we got. And, uh, they're, they're a family that have lived there from when it was built and they took care of it perfectly. And, uh, um, we can't wait to move in. We move in and, and, uh, probably gonna like, fix it up a bit in July and move in at the end of July, stay here an extra month. So we'll be burling in, into August and then school in the new place, all set. Crazy. Which works out perfectly. Um, I will tell you something as an observation. I don't know if you uh, noticed this. Um, you know that I like the real estate, so you keep me apprised of when you're looking and how it's going yeah. and... This was the first place in all the places that you said, we just looked at a place, we uppercase love it. Yeah. That was like, before there were a couple of like, yeah, we looked at a place, it's pretty good, you know, or it was kind of dope or yeah. not sure or whatever. But this was the first yeah. uppercase love. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's because such you... a great tip. Look at the staggies. Yeah, man. It really it really is a difference that because you can find ones that... that are uh are closer to what you want and and you're you generally are looking at and things and, and think because if it's just brand new on the market and holding offers you're just looking for for a fight man it's just not gonna happen yeah and i found that this this so-called spring inventories that was coming wasn't coming like there hasn't i'm still looking at the new houses just to see it because it makes me feel uh, like we made the right decision that there's nothing. There's no new houses coming on. Here we are in May, and it's like there's supposed to be all these, you know, houses available in the neighborhoods that you want, but there's nothing. There's nothing, honey. So how nothing. far how far is it from where you are, and how far? It's, it's new market. We moved uh, 20, uh, 18 to 20-minute drive from here, so not far at all. Crazy. So everyone can actually... just go to the same school... Yeah, 
Yeah, we can tra- like they can do a transfer to the high school, so they drive. We drive them every day, which is you know not a big deal to have them with their friends still. Or if they want to go to the high school there, that's up to them too if they feel like it. So um, the other thing is this place is like three minutes from where Tim Oxford grew up. Amazing. Like literally. So I was telling him, like I've kept him on the loop the whole time. Like, I can't believe it, man. This is literally like where you used to live. And uh, it's like the neighborhood has changed a little bit because there was a golf course in there that's not in there anymore. So there's a lot of different housing in, but uh, it's a great, great old neighborhood. And Timbo turned out just fine. He sure did. So he tell me, did. Uh, from the pictures and the video that you sent me, it looks like there's some carpet ripping to do, but but like layout yep. and structural, like does everyone get their own bedroom? Yeah, yes. And there's even like there's a room on the main bedroom on the main floor for Lisa's mom. Oh, great. And uh, four upstairs for everybody. And our, you know, the, the I guess, m- mom and pop's room would be right at the first one uh, up the stairs, which is great. And the other ones go from there. So they'll have to tiptoe past your room as they get exactly right into things yeah. in the years to come. Um, so did you look at it, the two of you first, and then you brought the kids the second time? Or have they seen it yet? They haven't seen it yet inside. But they saw it from the outside, and they're two thumbs up. They're fired up. The only, Yeah, the only thing it doesn't have is a pool. But we, we looked at, uh, into it, and it's four years to... For a pool, so John will be nineteen. <laughs> There's a pool. How is that possible? That it's four years. That's the wait time, unless you want to pay double, probably. Right? Huh. So you want to you want to buy a pool and these things you put it around in the landscape. It ends up always being like eighty grand or at least. So unless you want a pool now or in this summer, it, you have to double that. Like, forget it. That's insanity. Is there like a neighborhood pool or a cooling pad or a thing close by? Every neighbor around us has a pool. So you just have to and be we friends with people. <laughs> well, no, the, the, uh, the one of the neighbors was like, yeah, well, our kids have just left for college. So we, we need people in the pool. Basically. What, so you met neighbors Any, already? Yeah, we met the neighbors and they're super sweet. Yeah. When we were, set, we were doing the inspection, the neighbors were really nice. So where do your drums go? Is there a thing in the backyard? Well, the basement's unfinished, but massive. So I can do anything I want down there. There's room for all kinds of stuff. Great. So it's perfect. Yeah. The basement is like, there's there's room for everything in the house. The basement's unfinished, so we can get a little uh, production studio going on down there. And, uh, you know, the... the the kids, there's the kids can rip some ping pong or whatever else. Maybe maybe uh, maybe if really things start getting going, I'll get a golf simulator going in the basement. No way. <laughs> that would be super horny. I think Jerry D has one of those because he, yeah, he, sure he posts like his kids, his girls appear to be quite good uh, emerging yeah, right. golfers. Well, didn't um, Lardo coach one of them? Maybe. Uh, I don't Can't know. Remember. I might have given them a lesson, but the, the uh, those golf simulators, like they're, they've, they're getting cheaper and cheaper. It used to be like minimum thirty thousand dollars to get one. Come of those on! Sims. Now, you, now you can get them for a couple grand at least to read the ball flight to have a good time. You're not like 
worrying about perfection. You know, sometimes you ha- sometimes after I feed the ahead. horses, I rip a five wood into the woods. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good move. It's not a golf that's simulator. So- but, like, <laughs> if great. Carol stayed back to, well, like, brush copper or something, I'd rip a couple five woods. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. No, yeah. it's fun. It's, well, like, yeah. I mean, I like it. It's good times. But, uh, um, the, the bottom line is there's space if I wanted to do that. That's exciting. That's cool. There's pl- plenty of room for, for drums, that's for sure. Well, that must be a huge relief because that dragged on probably longer than you hoped. Well, it kind of started, if you think initially, um, I guess it was probably, yeah, 2015 or something, 2014, when it was like um, the kids are getting bigger and it's like, I've, I, you know, you start thinking of space and... Um, I guess the opportunity of somewhere else, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long time. And, you know, even like we, we initially in 2006, before we built this place, thought about moving. So like even back then there was like, well, we move or we could build this place and we built the house and it was great, but uh, just not, not the same. This actually, I feel more of a, a gravitational pull towards that area in a sense you know great for the, for the for the space for sure also makes moving easier yeah yeah and staying for an extra month to uh to do well we'll move all in one day but at least we can get the work started so it's not like living while there's banging going on yeah get some summer on too on the lake yeah for sure um so we're back in the thick of it here in nova scotia um yeah it's been it we're we're officially in the third wave i would say and uh we're back to lockdown back to um oh you're full on again online schooling yeah because even obviously by um population numbers it doesn't sound alarming but for us a hundred in some cases a day the last few days is like after many many months of zero cases so as we've said all along you just see how quickly your fortunes can change um, so I made the offer to, uh, join, um, I was like any, any teachers in Nova Scotia, um, happy to zoom into your class once they went back to online learning, if, if you thought that would be of interest. And this says way more about, um, teachers than it says about me, but the response was bananas because they're working so hard teachers like, you know, it's easy as parents to think like, man, it's disorganized and it's hard for the kids and how do they stay engaged and all this stuff. But for teachers too, I know because my sister-in-law is one, um, she finishes online school at three o'clock and works on her lesson plan till nine. Like, like yeah. any uh, um, uh, endeavor, not everyone is as committed and as good as the next person, but... The good yeah. ones are really going to the mat, and many of them, as you know, have kids at home themselves, and it's just a lot. And I think because we're late to the third wave, I think there's just a an exhaustion that's setting in. Oh, um, for sure. It's brutal. So the interesting thing is, I was like, you know, I, I don't know if uh, kids would want that or if that's something that would be of interest to them. Or maybe their first question is, who are you? And that's fine. Especially in the older grades now, they kind of have a sense of trailer park and some of them Mr. D. 
Um, but the response was banana. So I have two a day booked <laughs> for the entire <laughs> month of May. No way. Yeah. So the, 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 what class, like what age? Well, this gen- is the thing. Is the so far, um, I, I have someone uh, helping me sort of schedule it because I, technology isn't really my thing. And suddenly it's like uh, some schools can't Zoom. Some schools need Google Meets. Some Google Meets, you need a student ID. So pervs can't just crash. Um, yeah. So trying to just get a system that works has been a bit of a challenge. So I carved out an hour a day for this month to do them. And Mm -hmm. it's everything from a grade 12 film class to a grade two and three class doing a (sighs) section on leaders. (laughs) That's when you don't drop the J-Rock bomb. Yeah, exactly. You just mentioned Mr. and kids going, oh, I found realize This is the guy in the class, Dad. But I realize a lot of the lessons that apply to my work now as a grown-up, like... Remember people's names, say please and thank you, show up on time, ask questions, yeah. take criticism. For sure. Those are things that people just need to know in the world. So, well, and any, any for any kid to have a break from typical uh, learning, and to, it makes a huge difference where it's like they listen when it's a situation like that. Well, yeah, sure. and and they even like to ask a question to a stranger on the internet is a life skill in some ways. So for example, it's always best when people have questions. So this morning, one of the teachers said, you know, um, we're doing public speaking and it's in front of a group of classmates that they know really well, but some people still feel very uh, intimidated or shy to do it. So I was able to help with a few tips that I've kind of figured out over the years. Um, to kind of beat it and you realize how applicable these life lessons are in film and tv specifically but also just in life like we talked about the inner critic i was talking to an art class yesterday a high school art class and i was talking about how that voice in your head shows up at the most inopportune moments to say like what makes you think you can do this there's so many people better at this than you so my trick was to give him a name my guy's name is eric and I picture him wearing a bow tie and a sweater vest. And so when that voice shows up in my head, I'm like, Eric, not now, bud. I'm in the middle of something. We can talk about this later. And personifying the your inner critic makes it so harmless. It's such yeah, a simple yeah. little trick. So I suggested to this uh, art class, that would actually be a cool art assignment. Paint your inner critic. So I think they're going to do it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. But what I didn't expect my, uh, is how much I would get out of it because they're, they're kids. They're funny and they're resilient and they're sassy mm. and they're smart. And some questions are like, what's the biggest risk you've ever taken? And some questions are like, can you be J-Rock? And yeah. it's, really, um, it's really encouraging uh, for me to see that the kids are all right. No, it's great. I, I mean, I, here... Like you talk about, like the how kids are feeling. Like it's, it, you know, the lockdown has obviously hasn't changed, but like there's a, like a a lot of kids now, online and in school, a, a, a large percentage of them that are checked out, like aren't there, like to the point where, uh, 
leaders of like whether vice principals or they'll be asking the kids like you know uh, uh talk to the kid like you, you know if, if your kid's been absent or not going to a class you know want our kids will forget they'll be on online at lunch and then they'll be 20 minutes late so it's marked absent or whatever if, if they if they don't go to it it's marked absent Anyway, the point is like they're, 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 this person was saying that they, they're asking teachers to, you know, not bother with a kid if it's like a couple, you know, four or five days absent or classes absent. They're like, no, we want to hear about kids that haven't been there for like three weeks straight. Right. Those are the, like that, because that's happening on a, a percentage that's unnerving for a lot of teachers to the point where they're saying this last year... It's basically, a, 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 it's doesn't doesn't matter. It, it's it's a totally limbo. Grades make no point from from kindergarten to university right now. But nobody it's fails anyway. Getting, so what's the difference? Good. Like my friend, I know it, but <clears throat> my friend Scotty has a business in town. Um, I'm getting running boards and a logo put on my truck today, and his son Cole is in grade ten, so he's home. Cole's working the phones at the business. He's learning how to put decals on. He ordered in my running boards. Like what he's learning in this time is really valuable and good life stuff and probably more what his life will look like. He'll probably work for his dad and probably take over the business someday and it's hugely valuable. But I gather they're sweating him a bit at school for not showing up online. And I think, I don't know, in a way people are kind of doing what they have to do to get through it. And, um, you know, Scott has to change his schedule a bit to accommodate for having Cole home. So if that works for them, I'd probably just let it ride. Well, I think that it comes down to, um, what's important in school. And Lisa was telling me about this yesterday that like people would think, you know, what's the most, uh, important thing for kids to be successful in school and actually success period. And you would think it's grades, right? Like having high grades, but it's not. It's attendance. Huh. Attendance is the num- number one thing to have success in school and in other things. Just being present and taking the information in. Well, I really have. To, to, you know how the importance of being available for actors. Yeah. Right. Like how if you're like going in there and grinding out like 50 auditions for one part and you're fine with that, you'll probably eventually have some success no matter how great you are at what you're doing, right? Well, absolutely. And I was saying that to some of these kids too about how your first draft will suck and it sounds like weird advice, but what it actually does is gives you freedom to fail. And... Instead of staring at a blank screen, not wanting to start because you're putting pressure on yourself to make a masterpiece, barf it out and then work away at making it better. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's been really interesting, though. And and I guess the, the, the thing is, more than anything, kids are herd animals and they're all they've been siloed and solo for the past year. So you can see it on their faces like more than ever. I see the importance of. Uh, gym and recess and lunch and lockers yeah. and all the things yeah. beyond math and English that make your social development happen. 
And it's been my, my kids have been all you know in a in disillusioned at some point. To the point, it's been really difficult to try and keep them motivated. Yeah, and we've had a lot of moments where it's like, "Come on, guys, it's now or never." And just to get them to 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 hand in things and finish things, like those are like become these huge success stories. And, and uh, it, it, but the the difference, like you're saying, like the no the no non social, not even looking over to to your friends, just to kind of pass time a little bit easier yeah to sit in front of a screen is just awful for six hours straight well yeah and now it's now or never they're probably like yeah we'll take never yeah, never's fine totally because well, you think I if mean, you're nine and this is going into two years that's a significant yeah. portion of your life but it's also your like your friends like it you know you only need like 10 or 11 kids in a class that share that viewpoint of like fuck this like i don't care about this at all to have that become catch you know everywhere and it's like well enough kids don't care and aren't doing this that i'm not doing it either yeah you know so it's it's uh we've been battling that too like other kids that already have checked out and they're like well why are you doing this you don't have to do it i don't care you why should you care well carol made a really good point too which is teachers are now probably being listened to by parents more than they ever have which depending on the parent is either good or bad because some classes as you know it's like danielle your mic is on corby turn your camera off dennis can you sit down and listen please Denise, uh, now's not the time for your sandwich. Like, imagine doing that yeah. for eight hours. Oh, my gosh. For sure. And some and parents would be like, Denise, don't be eating your sandwich. And other parents would be emailing the teacher saying, don't tell my kids not to eat a sandwich. Yeah. Well, 90% of them don't have the camera on unless they're being spoken to. Right. So that's one thing that they're doing. Like they're, that's why it's easy for them to be like, you know, playing a game or being on freaking Discord on another window. While they're doing class. Well, someone told me yesterday that um, uh, kids are <laughs> turning their cameras off and going golfing. Yeah. Like just, I saw one math at work, like a, a guy who's in Congress or something in the States. It, it was this r- ridiculous. I saw he, they were actually talking about a bill that was about safety on the roads. And this math was in his car. You can see he's driving because he has a seat belt, but he has like the, you know, the fake zoom behind him. So it's like a bookshelf. Oh, wow. He's, <laughs> he's trying to pretend he's like, why is there a steering wheel in front of your bookshelf? Like, no, you can't. You couldn't see the steering wheel. But you could see him moving around and looking around. And he has a seat belt on and they're talking about driver safety. Wow. Like, idiot. But the, yeah, it's just it's, uh, it's just a bizarre state of affairs. Everything's crazy. Yes, but here's what I know: the gym teacher at my kid's school called every kid in the school at home last March just to see how they were doing. Yeah, like for yeah. every pe- someone's phoning it in, you hear stories like that of heroics and people well, going above and we, beyond. We get yeah. Lisa talks to the kids' teachers almost every three days and the vice principal of, of John's high school. Like there's a, there's a, like all these different lines of communication with 
with people that that I'm very proud of and happy to pay taxes for because yeah. the support system they're working really hard like the teachers are going all night by trying to keep communicate with the kids and if a kid has a problem they're going that extra mile to see if they're okay if there's any issues at home like it really uh it it makes you feel good as a parent knowing that that uh the system is good big time it's definitely definitely not something that should go private and online only heck no like seriously here's the other thing um i've had three uh nose pokes in the last couple of weeks gone in to get tested and i don't know if this is uh unique to the maritimes but in all three instances you hear gales of laughter before you see the people up there, like walking up the stairs and hearing, what's going on, buddy? How are you, Todd? Any better to be told me, bud? What? Hey, get over here, scrape your nose, and look, I got parrot of your brain on the thing. Like, morale is so high in the testing facilities, and that yeah. um, that goes a long way, too. I, I gave up on, I texted in to try and get a, a vax vaccine here, like t- three weeks ago now, and I haven't heard back, so I went and booked another one, I think June, beginning of June. Gway. I got to rip. I got to rip up to Bradford to get my first shot. What are you getting? Uh, I think it's the Moderna banger. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a one banger or a multi? <laughs> it's a one banger. It's a two banger. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So that that's happening. What's the outlook out there? Can you can get one now, right? Yeah, I think I'm pretty close. It's fifty and over is like Berlin right now. But there's some okay. sneaky late 40s, so I think um, I'm within a week or so. Because they're at 12 and over here now in Ontario. Are they really? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Except there's Party shitty. everywhere. If, if like you're in a community that needs it most. That's the thing that still sucks right now. Yes. <clears throat> so yeah, I've, I've got to circle back to the, to the whole point of being happy about the house sale is by at the end of the day by going higher and looking at places over we ended up uh, buying under our ceiling so we got we sold uh, we bought the place under not only that but on, what, under what we were willing to pay come for on anything. so yeah yeah so then your hgtv uh instinct would suggest you can go off in the basement then with all the money you save exactly Exactly. Put in a big sure. theater. Get some recliners. Did you see there's a movie theater that has like queen size beds now? I know. That's like the Miami beds. That invites dirty outdoor pool bed activity, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's also the Bing cherry tree in the back and figs and all kinds of crazy stuff that I don't even know about. The Where tourists. is it? It's in Newmarket. The bed theater? No, my house. I thought oh. you were talking about my, I'm talking about all the different trees in the backyard. Oh, I was like... Imagine... There, oh, you're saying there's a bed theater with cherry trees? No. I, well, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was wondering. Like, that that's would be so great. greasy. No, I'm going to... No, no. I'm saying the backyard has cherry tree. A real Bing cherry tree. That's good stuff. But I, apparently, don't they get crushed by birds before you can even grab them? So I'll be getting cherry jam from the Tiger family every Christmas for the rest of my life? If I can if I can send it. If I can get those birds not to eat it, I'll be sending it. Yeah, Taggart's a jamsman now. 
I'm doing jams. Have you tried my new Bing Cherry Fig Jam? From jams to jams. How Jeremy Taggart traded in rock and roll music to make jam. <laughs> From indoor jamming to outdoor jamming to tree jamming. We be jamming. Jeremy be Taggart. Jammin'. Oh, barf. All the headlines. <laughs> we be jamming. <laughs> 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 That's the best. Oh, it's Lisa with some okay. uh, some um, what are they called mason jars, and you playing drums beside her. We be jamming. We caught up with the Taggart family. Oh my god! Entertainment Tonight, Canada. <laughs> That's crazy. You didn't do that even. Oh. <laughs> Well, you should do uh, your something about what? a cherry on top, like a live rock and roll and gold records with a cherry on top. Is we be jamming? Ah, oh, barf! <laughs> I should do what? Hey, I, I uh, okay. I'm gonna say what. I'm gonna play two songs, and you tell me in your opinion is which one's a bigger a bigger hit in your mind. Okay, bangers and mash. For I'll tell you which is the banger and, and which mash. is the mash. <laughs> Here's the first one. Tommy C. <laughs> Life is a highway, baby. Okay, I'm gonna reserve judgment till I hear the second song. Okay. All right. Next one. Last tiger. Don't forget me when I'm gone. Oh, they go. You know what? They go through the verse twice. It just and then depends. And kick it in at 22 seconds. It depends on your frame of mind. Right now, I'm going to say that's a banger, and Life is a Highway is mash. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, but uh, on so, some on some days, on some other day, like that could go back and forth, but today, that's what I'm feeling. Okay. You're full. Don't forget me when I'm gone is taking the bangers. It's a banger. And then the I kind of like, like of all the uh, pump it or dump it or play it or lose it or move it or lose it, or like all those radio uh, contest things with new songs, I kind of like banger yeah. or mash. Okay, here's another Canadian classic banger or mash. Here's the first one. April Wine, you could have been a lady. Ooh, a sneaky little riff into the band kicking in, and then right into the vocal, 23 seconds. <laughs> All right, or? I already know that was the banger. That was the banger? Are you sure? Yeah. We gotta I'm see. writing a blank check. <laughs> Okay, we're okay. Here, here's the second one. Oh no! Yeah, you can't say. I blew it. It's a two banger. Chill, chill a whack, my girl. It's such a banger. 
Yeah, I love the drum fill that comes in right here. Padak dak daga. Padak daga daga. Padak daga daga. I like how the drums got some funk to it. Let's start next week with bangers and mash. What? Let's start next week with bangers and mash. <laughs> For sure, but what are you thinking on those two? Which is the oh, bangers? Boy, which is the mash? that's tough. I have to go. My girl, gone, gone, gone is the banger. That's the full-on one? Yeah. I like it. That's all right. Good job, That's a good bud. way to end the show. Hey, bud, good chatting. That was a great week to chat. And then we had a new house chatting. Rock and roll. Listen. <laughs>